Welcome to Sustainable Software. This is a podcast about building profitable software businesses that are meant to last. In this episode, we're going to talk about salary transparency and give some updates on our businesses. Uh, hi, I'm Tyler. I run a bootstrap SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. And I'm Rick. I'm the founder of Leg Up Ventures, which owns and operates software companies that empower underdogs. Cool. So, uh, Rick, what's up this week? Well, um, I'm really tired. <laughs> what is that? I've been hustling. <laughs> uh, I, I just was in, up. Yeah, I was in your uh, old stomping grounds this whole week, and I just got back last night. Yeah? Up yeah. in Park City? San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> uh, what are and, you doing uh, there? Man, people don't sleep there, I don't think. I know. It's cool because everyone gets back from work at like 8 p.m. and then they have to go have a life after that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that, you know, I guess the, the update there is that last week I told you that I was trying to close a consulting uh, contract for mm-hmm. some executive consulting work I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I was able to close that and fly out there this week to start working. So awesome. I spent four days in the client's office and... um it's a there. It's a couple of college buddies from Duke. So it's, you know, it was I, what I was unprepared for was the social part of it, hmm. coupled with wanting to get a lot done while I was there because it's a great opportunity to really download a lot of information. Mm-hmm. So I am sleep deprived. That's my major <laughs> update, and I so am by, sorry if I if I say anything stupid on this podcast. It's not me. It's the sleep. Can we just say that for every podcast that if anyone says anything dumb, it's because we were partying in San Francisco? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. uh, The only other thing um, that I'm pretty excited about. uh, Also, I may not sound excited about the executive consulting gig, but I am super excited about it because it's a really cool company. I really like the people and it's going to allow me. I think I can really help them Mm -hmm. um, and learn about the um, that it's a data uh, business. So I'll be able to learn about the data business model uh, through this process. And so I think it's going to be really good. And, um, I'm, you know, even if it only goes through the contract that we have, I think it'll be a well worth the time, uh, Mm. investment. So uh, the second thing is group current, um, which is my other venture, uh, under leg up it. Um, we had a goal this month. We launched uh, our first, member-based group with Panda Labs up in Park City. And we hit all of our, we destroyed our goals for our first month of, uh, of operation. So our wow. goal was to get 50 uh, founding members. Remember Group Current is a, is a entrepreneurial community up mm-hmm. in Park City. And so it was really a big deal to be able to hit our, hit our goals. We, we had goal 50 members and three uh, partners and we've, uh, we have four committed partners and over 70 uh, founding members who have actually committed and paid. Wow. What's a, what's a partner? A partner is either a supporting partner or a perk partner. Um, think it's of like them as people who pay of. more. Yeah, basically a sponsor, but we don't want them to think that they, we want them to focus more on supporting the community mm-hmm. versus selling stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Well, that's awesome. I, I'm not sure there's ever been a time where I've like hit any goals I've, I've set like in my whole professional life. So that that's admirable. <laughs> well, you know, there's probably one of the, my big learnings from my previous company, uh, was set, set early on set goals you can beat. 
Yeah. Learn, you know, learn what it feels like to win and, and, and iterate from there. Yeah. But even just knowing what that means, like a, a lot of the time you're just guess, like randomly guessing what's achievable and it, you maybe only get five members to sign up and they're like, okay, well that didn't work. We were wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. It's, it feels good to be right about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know what you mean. That's awesome. And so I assume the, the client's happy with that. I mean, everyone's got to be happy when client's you get your happy. goals. Um, you know, it's interesting now that we're, this has been, we pitched this probably two months ago, three months ago, mm-hmm. that this is where we were going to be by the end of June. Uh, we actually said we're going to be here by the end of August. So oh, we're wow. two months ahead of schedule. Um, it's really interesting. A lot of the people who've been involved with Panda for a long time are now, okay, so let's make this real now. <laughs> so that, <laughs> Everyone like, the, was like, just kind of waiting around before this. And, yeah. Like, yeah and kind of pe- I would say pessimistic most more than optimistic. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's interesting to see the excitement come back to some of the founders of the nonprofit um, yeah. uh, client. That's awesome. So does that mean like you're the scope of what you're expected to do now? You kind of renegotiate or whatever and say, let's set bigger goals. Or is this like on them now to, to take this and run? Hmm. Uh, I think that's to be determined. I don't, I don't, th- my hypothesis is that they are not interested in taking this and running with it. Mm-hmm. But ha- I think that now that this is real, we'll have different types of conversations about what our role, what group current's role is mm-hmm. going forward. Um, and that'll, those will be interesting to see where yeah. they play. Playoffs. Awesome. Cool. So all, all good stuff going on for you. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what's, um, what's up with you. Uh, yeah. So, uh, new, new hire started this week, nothing particularly noteworthy, but it's always, it's fun. And also like high pressure, the, the technical nerd explanation I've heard is every team is an immutable object. And when you add a new employee, the entire team changes to a new thing. Um, so, you know, anytime someone new starts, I'm always like, I, ho- I hope this works. <laughs> uh, so it's, it seems great so far. Nothing nothing to worry about, but that's always an event. Um, and then at the same time, another person came back from a sabbatical. So the team's two two people bigger than it was last week, which is fun. And sabbaticals change people. <laughs> Do they? Have you experienced so. this? I think so. She just went to, she's in theater and got a like role in a pretty major play in St. Louis. So she took the sabbatical to go do that and... I think it was fun, but uh, I wouldn't say it's. I hope it hasn't changed her. I don't know. <laughs> well, she she became a different person for a for a period of time. For a period of time, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was an outdoor play, and she said she swallowed a lot of bugs. So <laughs> was <laughs> maybe that, that changed the person. Was that part of the role, or is that just? No, I went to see it. It's at night, and there's all these lights on the actors, and bugs are attracted to light, so yeah. they're just like swarming the Ugh. actors. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gross. Uh. Yeah. And then the other thing is last week, I really, I, I think I told you last time we talked, I had been coding, but I spent all last weekend just coding on uh, our product, which I haven't done in a long time. And I actually got a lot done. Um, we're 10 years into the business almost. No, we have like a kind of crappy mobile website, but our main desktop version doesn't work on mobile at all. And I basically got it pretty much working so you can resize the screen to any size and it, it'll work fine on mobile now so that was fun I, i'm glad i got that done congratulations <laughs> thank you <laughs> it feels I'm not good to have... get your hands dirty yeah absolutely i i feel like now i'll go another three months without doing anything like that but <laughs> you know it, it's energizing it's cool well uh you know do you, why don't you do it more often 
I don't know. I always balance, uh, or I struggle to balance. I should say, how how much should I be an individual contributor versus kind of a manager and CEO type person? And then even within individual contribution, we have four other coders. So it seems like maybe I should be doing other stuff. I'm not, I'm no longer the best coder at the company, um, but I just love doing it. So I don't know. It's a balance. I'm interested in how you. This may not be a topic for right now, but I'm very interested in how you define best coder. Because it feels like you pump stuff out really fast that is functional and gets the job done and is usable. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it's not as clean of a code. I don't really understand. No, what's that's best exactly coder. right. That's exactly right. I The reason I can get stuff churned out really quickly is because I have permission to cut corners. Mm-hmm. Everyone else at the company is like, oh, well, what if someone else looks at this and thinks I slacked off or something? But as the CEO, no one's going to tell me that. So you don't care what people think. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's been a fun week. Um, well, so that's a big stuff for me. So maybe you want to go into the deep dive here. Well, I, w- I want to update on, before we do that, I want to update on uh, uh, the y- your interns. Interns, yeah. yeah. How's that going? Good. So we've we've got four interns and then four what we call coding fellows, which is where we, we teach them how to code mm-hmm. for the summer. Um, the interns are going great. For the past couple of years, we haven't had many programming, like developer interns, and we've got three this year. And they're like really, really productive. Like our products going, normally we think of interns as a really expensive way to recruit people. Um, and I think they're actually getting enough done this summer that like it's worth the money we're paying them, even if, you know, we don't hire anyone out of it. What about the time you spent? Do you get the Yeah, so even that? factoring that in, I think oh, it's worth great. it. Yeah. And that's- it's... I don't do a lot with the interns anymore. We have other kind of leader type people who do most of that. I like how when you talk about leaders or CEOs, you're like leader type or CEO type people. I don't know. It seems pretentious for a 17 person company to be like, oh, I'm a CEO. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you're a CEO type. Like, CEO type. Yeah, I'm not even that, but I'm, <laughs> I'm faking it. Uh but no, that's going really well. I spent a lot more time with the coding fellows, the you know people learning to code. Uh, that's kind of my main project for, for the summer, and that's also going well. It's, it's so awesome dealing with people who are in that phase of life where every single thing you tell them is like a new awesome learning because you see the impact like immediately on everything you do. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's cool. All right. Deep dive. Deep dive. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about salary transparency. And I mean, who knows where this will go, but this has kind of been on my mind recently. I recently gave a presentation to our company about like, here's how we think about salary and, you know, how people get raises and that type of thing. But, uh, you know, basically the question I'm, I'm posing here is should companies tell everybody like there's full salary transparency. Here's what every single person at the company makes versus, you know, not being transparent at all where it's just each person only knows their own salary or maybe is there something in between? What, when does one thing matter? When should you do full transparency versus not? And is there an in-between? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I saw, I, when you mentioned this, this is going to be the deep dive today. I, my initial reaction was I love it. <laughs> uh, but then I started thinking about how this conversation could go and it's there. I think the way I look at this is that philosophically, I believe in full transparency mm-hmm. with most things in life, if not yeah, all sure. things. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't think people can handle it. Most people are not equipped, yeah, uh, emotionally, um, myself included, in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. uh, to handle 
the burden of transparency. And so when you say they can't handle it, I assume what you mean is, you know, you hear that the person next to you makes 5% more and then it's just like in the back of your mind, like, well, why is that person better than me or something like that? The best way to summarize it is ignorance is bliss, <laughs> right? And yeah. information, uh, new information causes change cycles to happen. Mm-hmm. And when you go through a change cycle, you become an evil person. You become the worst person you are when you have to deal with change because it, yeah. it, it, it creates this, this fear mm-hmm. and it, it brings out all these like primal emotions and people do really crazy things when they have that type of change cycle. So it's, you know, from a philosophical standpoint, I love it. I want all people in the world to be able to talk about all things and have a mm-hmm. really good conversation about it and, and make the best decision together without emotion being a <laughs> negative factor. Yeah. But, but there is emotion. That rarely plays out when I see full transparency happening. Most people take it personally. Okay. So if I hear what you're saying, you're basically, it's, it's f- like philosophical belief versus what happens in reality and they kind of clash with each other but there's a reality on the other side which is even if you don't have transparency in this day and age can you actually keep it a secret and if not maybe the reality goes in the other direction where it's like well you can i agree with all the problems you have but if it's going to come out anyway don't you want to control that message so i guess the question is what do we want to accomplish as an organization Mm -hmm. and what um what, what are we trying to do so i would say if I had my way in the world, I would go, let's do full transparency with everything down to, you know, what I'm eating for dinner tonight. <laughs> uh, maybe not that far, but uh, <laughs> from the business standpoint, everything to cash balance. Um, and, you know, I, that I would start there. And I, I, my main goal with that is let's, let's have full trust, you know, number one, mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, everyone knows where they stand. And two, let's, let's provide everyone context um the all the same information i have as the ceo mm-hmm. so that they're more people are more empowered to make the right decisions across the organization uh, that's like the, the the core goal with transparency for me um now when you start going oh well there 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 are all these other problems that salary transparency can solve i'd rather talk about those problems and you know, as the topic and say okay. like, okay, well, let's figure out how we solve that. And maybe salary transparency is a way to go about that. But when I think about salary transparency and a problem, I'm thinking about, okay, I'm going to increase trust with employees. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them information to help them make better decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the advantages, <laughs> period. Yeah, I, I think I can, maybe these are subsets of what you just said, but there, there's definitely an element of like, kind of equity and fairness in it, which, you know, statistics say basically some people are more likely to negotiate on their behalf. Um, And so if you don't give this information to people, what you end up with is what looks like things like a gender pay gap or a racial pay gap and things like that, which is very real, but it's really because people don't even know that they should have gone to negotiate or something like that. Yeah. So that's a good example of of, of a problem, I would say that I would not use. I would. I would not first go to salary transparency to solve that problem because of mm-hmm. the cons of sal- salary transparency. Mm-hmm. My, in my opinion, the person who and I'm interested in your opinion on this uh, because I, I you always have a different view on this type of stuff than me. Mm-hmm. Um, my opinion is let's train the person how to like talk about money 
confidently yeah. before yeah. we give them all the information about all the money people are making. Yeah, well, they are comfortable is- negotiating. What are they going to do with information that they don't even feel comfortable talking about? You know, their own information about. You know, in other words, they aren't comfortable if they aren't comfortable talking about their own pay. Mm-hmm. Imagine how their brain is going to discuss internally with themselves other people's pay relative to theirs. Well, it may not be that they aren't comfortable talking about their pay. It may be that they don't even know that they need to. Like they may think they're fairly paid and they're not. Then what's the problem we're trying to solve? Well, the company might, A, might care about fairness just for personal values, setting aside business. But B, you're sitting on a landmine when they do find out. What what effectively happened is you've been underpaying them for a long time and they didn't know it. Well, who's saying underpaid? So I guess this is where, this is the philosophical like question here with related to this problem is what is fairness in your mm-hmm. opinion? And what is it when you say someone is being underpaid, what does that mean? So what I'm talking about, and I'll, I'll put this in very like dollars and cents capitalist terms here. Mm-hmm. If you have two people who are providing equal value to the business, they should probably be paid the same amount. Uh, but if one went and negotiated and the other one didn't even realize that they were not paid what their full market rate was, you're creating this scenario where effectively the company's kind of taking advantage of this person because they're uninformed. Now, maybe they can get away with it forever, and one might argue that's fine. But to my landmine comment, as soon as it comes out, and especially if it comes out, and then you find out, oh, there's like demographic trends here, that's a real bad look for the company. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I would... I. I react to that as the land. Why does the landmine happen? Is it because the person is going through a change cycle and they don't know how to deal with new information in a non-emotional way? Or is (laughs) it, is it, is it really like, is it really a, because they feel wronged? Um, Yeah, they were wronged sort of. How? Uh, the company was withholding information from them in a sense and using their ignorance as a way to pay them less than what the person deserved. And I'll, I'll add on to this. Wait, wait, so you keep saying deserved. Yeah, yeah. So let me you're add on to this. So what, what I think you're saying is because if two people are in the same role and one person is getting paid more, mm-hmm. another person deserves to be paid the same amount in that role. Is that what you're saying? Well, the, the language I used is if they're providing equal value to the company. But no one provides there – there are no two people who provide equal value at any company. Right. This is a thought experiment though. Yeah. Yeah, but that's okay, not but realistic. L- let me add on to this also. Okay. I think I'd change my whole attitude if it's like a sales team or some, some uh, job role where being a good negotiator somehow correlates with being a good employee. Then it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, if you didn't earn – if you didn't put the effort in to earn your own higher salary, that is a suggestive that you don't deserve it. But if you're talking about programmers or customer service people, being a good negotiator is completely orthogonal, maybe even inversely correlated with being good at your job. So paying people more for having this irrelevant skill is not really how capitalism is supposed to work, I don't think. Well, at the at the end of the day, isn't capitalism just supply demand and price is what people are willing to pay to get the yeah but i'm saying that i'm saying the business is acting irrationally they're they're choosing to pay people more not based on value provided to the business but based on this other skill that has nothing to do with it maybe they should instead be 
taking taking mm. th- there's two things here there's salary transparency and there's also just should the business be paying people fairly whether they negotiate or not you keep saying fairly market rate whatever market rate for who for each individual person well if someone has put effort into increasing the amount of money that they are getting paid their market rate is higher than that person who has not their value to the business is not higher. You can define market rate in different you, ways. So why would someone? So if you're if you're telling me that someone is saying, um, "Hey, I'm going to pay someone a lot more because they are have more value to the business," or mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, I don't really understand the concern. Now I think what you're saying is, why would you pay someone more who has less value to the business? Yeah, exactly. Well, why would that? It seems really dumb. Yeah, but that's, that's what happens when you treat negotiating. Th- this is getting away from salary transparency it, a little bit, but but the point is, by salary transparency is one way to address that problem is to point out everyone can see. Oh, the company's willing to pay more for this for this role, or you can invest in people who are the most valuable people at your company, doing things and becoming better people. Okay, and, so and, and that's that is the like, that does not require salary transparency. Okay, so one option here is kill salary transparency. It's totally secretive, but the company does not reward negotiations. It does not. Uh, it, it puts a lot of effort into actually evaluating how valuable each employee is and paying them according to the value they provide, not according to the like their ability to negotiate a salary. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I do think that there is a rea- reality, and this is more probably more of a cultural decision by a company, that someone who is willing to do work at rate X should not be dissatisfied because someone else is not willing to do that work at rate X, mm-hmm. regardless of what value they're providing. And mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I don't think there's anything I personally don't as a company don't feel like that is a bad thing that people have different willing, like some people are, will, I'm willing to do certain things for little to no money that no, no one would be willing to do. Right. I think at the end of the day, the problem that we're, we're bubbling up here is people who are, you know, do companies take advantage of certain types of people? Yeah, that's certainly one of the problems here. Yeah, that's but, the problem. But that's a fairness for the employee, which you know I care about. But that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the company doing not not what's right for them. Like, so t- the, talk to me about that. Yeah, that the people leave jobs all the time. Where if they if the company had just taken care of them, they would have stayed, and they were really valuable for the company. And it's just, it's just like a Romeo and Juliet two people who would have been perfect for each other missed each other due to some miscommunication. And a lot of this could be solved by either salary transparency or the company saying, I don't care if we think you would do the job for X, it's worth 2X, so we're going to pay you 2X. And your argument would be the the additional X there is is, is a higher ROI to the company than not paying mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because instead that extra X is going to some other random person at the company that negotiated for a higher salary, but it's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with them actually providing value to the company. So back to salary transparency, 
What is your opinion on salary transparency? I'll I'll let mm. me just state mine so you can agree. Yeah. You can use it as a, a position. Philosophically, love it. Operationally, doesn't work unless you have the right people on the mm-hmm. team who can handle it. And I think that it becomes unscalable at a certain number of people. I don't know what that number is, but hmm. um, and I am a someone who I was trans with my last company. I was transparent with everything except salary. Interesting. That was the only thing I did not share with the company. And I, if I did another company, I probably wouldn't share as much as I shared because I watched people. I do not think that the the typical company um, has enough is able to scale this from an emotional standpoint. Yeah, I I agree. Setting aside salary specifically, transparency in general, you need to be careful with because. As the CEO, you spend all day thinking about these things and you can offhand say, I, I've had this happen before. Offhand, I was just like, oh yeah, the the partners in the business, we were talking about like what happens if I get hit by a bus. And I just, it wasn't a big deal to me because we talked about it and figured out we've got a plan. And uh, over the following weeks, multiple employees came up to me and were like, I'm, I'm really stressing out about what happens if you get hit by a bus. And it's like, okay, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I shouldn't have mentioned that we even had that conversation. Um, so I, I get what you're saying. Change cycle. Yeah. Fear. Abs- <laughs> right. Like, absolutely. You need to, you need to massage the messaging. I agree with you. Philosophically, tra- salary transparency is good. I agree with you. It can have problems, but here's my thing. I think it's immoral to like some companies tell employees you can't share salary information with each other. It has to be secretive. I don't think that's appropriate. And in a world where you don't do that, some of this information is going to get out. So I, I think you... I don't exactly disagree with anything you're saying. I just think it's inevitable that it'll get out. So my attitude is being open with it and explaining the reasoning. Because the problem is when it does come out, people might not understand why. So I'm interested in why you say the only thing that I don't disagree with anything you're saying. The only thing that caught my attention is you said something was immoral. Yeah. And I've been on that end of the conversation. And I don't know that I think having a policy I don't know if it's a moral issue, but I think if you, if you have a policy at the company and you say, Hey, like we, we do not want people to share salary information. It is a individual relationship between the company and an employee. And it is, it is confidential. And that's, mm-hmm. that is the, the policy and that is the rule. And a person can choose to work at that company or not. There's nothing moral or immoral about that. It's just a policy. Okay. You may disagree with it, but I like it doesn't like someone may have a really good reason for having that policy that that can trace back to moral issues. Let me give you Same. one example. Let me give you one example. Yeah. Okay. I I I never had that policy that I can remember, but I definitely would talk to employees when I would give them a raise, especially early on when I was young as a CEO, and I would say, "Listen, you're getting a raise. I can't tell you what everyone else is making. I don't feel comfortable doing that." I can tell you not everyone is getting a raise. Yeah. And I can tell you that when, if you talk about this in a way that is unthoughtful, it will make people feel bad and it will cause people angst Yeah, uh, for no good whatsoever. That's very, very different from what I'm talking yeah. about though. Yes. So, so I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, if a policy that's, that takes time for me to explain, but mm-hmm. if I'm a company that says, listen, I care about employees worrying about, others, what other people are doing, you could make a moral argument that there's a good reason for that policy. I don't, I don't, I'm, you can say that about any policy that's immoral to tell people don't discuss confidential contract information with anyone. 
you could use this logic that it's just a policy and I've done mental gymnastics to convince myself it's better for other people. So it's a good policy. You could use that to defend any kind of unethical business practices if you wanted to. Why um, is it unethical in your opinion? Yeah. Or because, immoral? Because companies don't own their employees. Um, employees are people. The amount of money they make is a huge, huge part of their life. Um, to to say this thing about you, this thing about your livelihood, it affects every day, not just at work, but when you go home, your social life, the vacations you take. This is something, a piece of information owned by the company. It's not. It's it's public information if they, if they want it to be. When you say it like that without saying immoral, I totally agree with you. Okay. I just don't think it's immoral. I don't think people are doing it because they want employees to feel bad. I think they're doing it because they think it's a good business practice that... They aren't, they aren't choosing to be unethical when they're doing Plenty it. of things are immoral without bad intent. Okay. Maybe I'm stuck on the definition of immoral. When you say immoral, it rubs me wrong. You you, you think I'm saying the company's intentionally being evil. Yes. That, that's not what I mean by it. Okay. What, what do you I mean, mean is the company is, whether it's intentional or not, doing something wrong. I agree with that. Okay. I agree with that. I agree that they're setting back. People need to... Um, there's this... So... Taking a step back, you know, when I left, I left my job six months ago, 10 year CEO, got fired, wasn't unexpected. We were going through some, you know, conversations that had been going on for a long time and tried to figure out what my role would be uh, in the company going forward. And ultimately the role was, we don't want you to have a role, <laughs> right? So um, that set me on a journey and I did a lot of reflection. One of the mm -hmm. books I read was called The Four Agreements and it's basically this spiritual uh, read a lot of spiritual books. It was, it was an Good interesting time. Uh, really, really healthy. I highly recommend it. Um, that's why I say, said earlier that the sabbatical is, I think it, if, if you, if you do it where you're doing a lot of inner, inner reflection, you can self-improve significantly and that can lead to some really positive change. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, I read the spiritual book Four agreements. Um, and basically there's a lot of points in the book but one of the big takeaways for me is just how um, how domesticated we are from like you know from completely free kids to the time we become adults on our own after we graduate college or high school whatever it is for you know different people and we have to unlearn these you know judgments basically these rules mm -hmm. that we've that our parents have created that society has created and one of those those rules is you don't talk about money yeah, absolutely. Right? Like it's it's bad to talk about money. I just remember sitting with my parents all the time around dinner table and I've if I would say something like, "Hey, Johnny got a new car. Johnny's dad got a new car. How much does that thing cost?" We don't talk about money. You know, like it's not okay to talk about money. Yeah. And but then that, you know, first of all, we can't talk about money in in public, but since we're at the dinner table, it's probably about a $50,000 car. <laughs> What's $50,000? Well, we don't talk about this in person with mm -hmm. other people in public, but we can talk about it here. I just, that was, I don't talk about, I don't, I, it took me a long time as an adult to feel comfortable talking about money with other people outside mm -hmm. of my family. I totally agree. But I think very strongly the reason for that is be, like the reason this culture exists is because it benefits companies and they made this, they made us think this way. They made it taboo. It's it's empowering for workers to be able to talk about that. It, it creates much more of a free free economy of labor. 
It lets people be more mobile. It lets people make more informed decisions. It would be better for people to talk about this. The more we talk about it, the less emotional it is. And that, yeah. it solves my yep. problem. Like the whole problem is that the salary conversation is emotional. Money, money conversations are emotional for a number of different reasons that we won't go into today. Mm-hmm. You know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like <laughs> yeah. basic, like primal instincts. But if we talked about it more, I believe those conversations would be far less emotional and far more productive. Yeah. So I realize probably we shouldn't drag this on too much longer, but let me pivot this a little bit to something a little that we sort of deal with here. I'm just like, I hate the whole dealing with people getting all like emotionally hurt over money stuff. So we keep it even simpler. We're just like, not only is salary transparent, but everyone gets paid the same amount based on what your job is. Um, there's not like performance reviews. So you that are affect- trans- fully transparent. Yeah. The, the one exception, we've only had one person ever who was contributing so much value it was above and beyond what our normal structure accounted for. And so we told everybody- Is his name Tyler? Sorry. Yes, yes. I pay myself. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I'm transparent about what I make though. I tell everyone that. Um, but there's this one person who, I, basically the compromise we struck is I said, I'm going to tell everybody at the company, this person got a raise beyond the the system we have. And- if he wants to share that with people, he can, but I'm not going to share it because that's that's his information. Um, I, that's one of the reasons salary transparency has been on my mind is because that's the balance I struck and I don't feel great about it, but I, it, it's the best I could come up with. Mm. But so the, here's the more common thing we run into. Um, the, it only works to pay everyone the same amount if you're effectively overpaying almost everyone, right? If you think about everyone's providing whatever amount of value to the company, you have to pay what the highest, the most valuable person is worth or else they'll leave. And then you have to pay everyone else that amount because you have equal salary for everybody, which effectively means some people are more overpaid than others. And there's this question of like some, I've talked to a lot of people about this and some people, not people who work here, but people are just like, that's bullshit. I would never, if I know I'm, I'm more valuable than this person next to me and I know we're making the same amount, even though I wouldn't make more, I I will be unhappy that they're making as much as me. Yeah, I mean, I I've never been in a situation where I was I knew what other people were making around me and felt like I was putting more output and really cared about it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm much more of a my I, I can't relate to that really. For me, it's like I'm going to work my, I'm going to be me. I'm going to mm-hmm. do a lot of value and I expect to be rewarded for it. Yeah. I don't really but care. But as long as you're getting enough, you don't care if someone else is even more overpaid. Uh, I, I, that's a real, it's like a genuine legitimate belief to to be upset about that, I think. So I'm trying to compare this to com- compensation discussions I've had personally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone always goes to comps right? Comparisons Mm -hmm. to what the industry standard is. And that is like the default. And the minute you do that, I get pretty frustrated because I don't really care. I don't care what that person's making. I don't care what that person, I don't care what the standard is. Right. Are you making enough? This is what the value I'm providing. Here's what I think it's worth. Make a decision. And if, if this is what I'm willing to do the work for, Mm -hmm. make a decision and if you can't do that, then let's talk about how to transition me to a, to, I can't stay here. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things we decided is 
I don't know what percentage is it 50% or 90% of people wouldn't tolerate the model I just described because they'd be upset that the janitor is making as much as they are. Um, I, what we've effectively decided is, yeah, don't, don't work here. So it'd be interesting. So I doubt, so for me in that situation, it would never bother me that people are making the same amount, but Mm -hmm. if I couldn't get rewarded for my be of above and the beyond, because I, I will outproduce Mm-hmm. Most people, I promise you that employer. So the, the theory here is everyone's paid as if we're assuming everyone's outproducing like that. Now, w- w- uh, this model would not work for you. Like we well, are would, not. But talk to me about that. I think there's probably a lot of people who might listen to this mm-hmm. and say, "I, I, I am going to outperform." What about me? Yeah. So uh, this is one of the hardest things about this decision is. If it's true that you're outperforming in, in such an extreme way, because we, I would say, overpay everybody um, to some extent, but not like it's not more than you, someone who's a, been a CEO of a successful company. Like we're not paying everybody that amount of money. You know, I, we're basically saying, yeah, we're going to lose those very, very, very top, like just you know, third deviation from the mean performers, but. Who says we could have gotten them anyway? Who says they would have stayed? Like we're building a culture around people who will be content with being really well paid, but not CEO level. That's how I would sum this whole conversation. How you handle salary transparency, whether it's no transparency, partial transparency, or full transparency, entirely depends on the people you have, Mm -hmm. and more importantly, the people you want to attract. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll I'll say to, I didn't realize this originally, we kind of stepped into it, but um, the, we, we've shifted our attitude here and we used to say, this is like, we're going for a capitalist utopia. And now we say we're going for a socialist utopia. And that meshed really well with everybody here. But it's also when I talk to other people, they're like, oh, I would never want to work there. That sounds terrible. (laughs) That's great. Like it's good. Yeah. You have a strategy for the people that you want to hire and, uh, or you have you identify the people you need to hire to run your business strategy, and then you're designing compensation and salary strategy to attract mm-hmm. those people. That's smart. So it's so it's interesting. And then the takeaway there, I think, means this is not about salary transparency, yes or no. Like whatever you decide there, and however you structure it, has to trickle down to every part of your business: how you recruit, what the job functions are, and everything else. Totally. And I would say it the exact. I would say it the other way. I would say who you want to recruit, what the job mm-hmm. functions are. Uh, should trickle down from the business strategy and -hmm. should output a salary transparency strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, that makes sense that this is where I ended up naturally, but I don't think I had the language around why. So this helps me kind of have some more clarity about how to talk to this. Yeah. And I'm realizing now that I am, uh, I, I would have said that I never would have gone to full transparency. I would have said an absolute because mm-hmm. I came in here thinking this is a th- this is a philosophically a great idea, but can't be done. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to re- I'm starting to see a, a, a I could I could see that there's a company, maybe it's a nonprofit like Pando Labs that I would promote this for, right? If if it fit the um the the personnel strategy, the personnel need. Yeah, yeah, interesting. It's really cool. Okay, cool. Well, uh, that sounds like a good place to wrap up the podcast. So uh, thanks for listening, all of you zero listeners out there. Uh, (laughs) All right. See you later.